Thank you, Carla. I've loved this series. Week by week, we've received tips, biblical examples, different voices, but with the same agenda to help us grow spiritually, to flourish. I do hope you've had the chance to check out the Spiritual Foundation Toolkit. It's an excellent resource and takes over where these sermons leave off, so to speak. And I get the honor to close this series. But I must warn you, I am going to talk today, I'm going to talk to you today about a dirty word, shock horror. Yes, a dirty word. And it's this, evangelism. I know you've been put off by tele-evangelists, overhyped big stadium meetings and overzealous Christians wearing witness t-shirts. I saw one this week, very topical given the number of mosquitoes here in Hong Kong. And it said this, I want to be so full of Christ that if a mosquito bites me, it flies away singing, there is power in the blood. The worldwide church has been confused. Jesus had risen from the grave, was about to go to the Father and giving his disciples instruction as to how the work of the gospel would continue. But what we've done is we've taken this verse, Mark 16, 15. I'll read it to you. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. But what the church has done has taken this verse, which describes the call to evangelism and made it seem like it only applies to those who we discern have a calling for it, those we deem to be evangelists. And I'm here today to tell you that Mark 16:15 is not a command just for evangelists, but for all believers. In simple terms, you. Sri Lankan evangelist D.T. Niles simply puts it this, Christianity is one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. And to demonstrate that, I want to look at a passage in 2 Kings 7. Some background. In that story, Jerusalem had been under siege and the people were about to die of starvation. Meanwhile, we read this, verse three. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we will go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. 
So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. Anyway, they went over to the camp and discovered that God had done something to frighten the attackers away, leaving food and precious possessions behind. Let's move on to verse 8. They ate, they drank, and they carried away silver, gold, and clothes and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and they hid them also. Then they said to each other, we're not doing right. This is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until the daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. This is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. We are like these beggars. Only in our case, we are spiritual beggars and we have found spiritual food. Then like the lepers, we then decide not to, not to keep this good news to ourselves, but to share it with our starving neighbours. And that is the simplicity of witness. Christianity is one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. Now to demonstrate, I have chosen an unlikely assistant to demonstrate how to witness. It's Wally. Wally. Wally was a 2008 film, an animated film starring a robot who is designed to clean up an abandoned, waste-covered earth. Now you know me and acronyms, so I'm going to start with W. W is for words. 1 Peter 3.15, but in your hearts revert Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason to the hope you have. This does not mean stand up at your desk and work and preach a sermon unless God specifically asks you to do that. Probably unlikely. But I want to share with you some tips which have helped me. I was in the business world longer than I've been a pastor. Actually, I was a businessman almost as long as I've been a Christian. I love Jesse's talk on faith and the workplace. If you haven't heard it yet, I recommend you check it online. Now, the trouble with being a pastor, most of my time these days is spent mainly with Christians. The famous inventor Thomas Edison says this, we often miss opportunity because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. Now my first tip is this, fly your flag early. It is more difficult to do it later on. Now I'm going to be honest with you, I used to cheat a little bit. I used to have a small cross on my jacket. Now, that's not for everyone, 
But I want to suggest a few quick ways that business people can fly their flag. To give you some practical ways you could do this in the office without making your colleagues feel they're getting bashed over their head with the Bible. Try conversation. What did you do at the weekend? It gives you a chance to say something about being with Christian friends or a church event without being over-religious. When someone is sick or has a problem, how can I pray for you? No one says no to prayer. And I had everyone from the tea lady to senior management asking for prayer for all sorts of things. Be an encourager. Don't get drawn into office politics, backbiting or negative talk. People will soon notice a difference in you and ask you why. Again, be gracious in sharing. Delay in flying your flag could lead to compromise. And then the realization, oh, I didn't realize you were one of them. Secondly, make a connection. Find some common ground. People like to talk about things they are interested in. If we show an interest in the things that they are interested in, they may be more interested in what we have to say. When I was in sales, the first thing I did was look at someone's office, their desk, their bookshelf for clues. People like to talk about their hobbies, their families. Invite them out for a coffee or, or better still, happy hour to get to know them rather than just WhatsApping them with the latest church invitation. If I take someone out for lunch, I always start a conversation with the waiter or waitress. Learn a few simple words of Chinese, Tagalog, Nepalese. I particularly like Nepalese. I go into a restaurant, I go, namaste, oh, namaste. And then I go, jmasi, which is, and they say, oh, that, that's a Christian greeting. I said, yeah, are you a Christian? Because we have a lot of Nepalese Christians at our church. The person who you are with are, is by this time engaged. I'd love to go on, but I want to emphasize, thirdly, look for opportunities. The Holy Spirit will give you windows. 20 years ago, one of my team at work knocked at my door and asked me a question. I didn't know at the time she was thinking of leaving. She said, how have you been able to stay at the same company for 25 years? I gave an answer I would not normally recommend. I just said, Jesus. <laughs> And that prompted an hour or so of conversation, at the end of which she prayed a prayer to receive Christ and I prayed with her to be filled with the Holy Spirit. She came to the vine. Her name is Wendy Lee. She is still very much part of the vine. I baptized her in Repulse Bay, married her in Union Church and dedicated her son here at the vine. I find aeroplane journeys a great opportunity. Do you remember aeroplanes? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you have a person's company for maybe 12 hours. I let it slip around takeoff that I'm a pastor or maybe I'm on my way to a Christian conference or mission trip. The result is either a long and interesting conversation 
Otherwise, they soon pretend to fall asleep and ignore me for 12 hours. Fourthly, know your story. No story is better than yours. People can argue about theology, but not your personal experience. What I mean is this, what I was like before I met Christ, how I met Christ and the difference he has made. In mission trip preparation, we do a one-minute testimony. Find a friend somewhere and practice it. Practice, we could call it the elevator pitch. But sometimes we don't need to say anything, as A is for actions. Actions speak louder than words is a popular idiom. People say, I don't believe what you say, I believe what you do. All talk, no action. There is a danger when our words and actions don't match up, are inconsistent. The reality of our media-driven age is where people are saying seems to have such a big impact. And oftentimes it's those who are keyboard warriors who are shaping the narrative of our cities and culture. I think there is a good reminder for all of us to live less online and more in the real world. To be more of a Christian in our everyday moments than pretending to be one online. There's a common Christian expression, Go the extra mile. Jesus talked about it in Matthew 5.41. Jackie Pullinger says this, God wants us to have soft hearts and hard feet. The trouble is so many of us have hard hearts and soft feet. We can be the extra mile people. And that follows very nicely into L is for life. People are put off Christianity, not by the person of Christ, but by his followers. That is so sad. Gandhi said this, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. But on the other hand, let me tell you about Joanna Chow. Joanna Chow at the time was our vine administrator more than 10 years ago, was diagnosed with with serious cancer. I wish I could report that she had been radically healed, and I, I know she had and has many struggles. But the way she has conducted herself has led to many of her family members to give their life to Jesus, and I know she is praying for the rest. The famous American evangelist D.L. Moody says, out of 100 people, one will read the Bible, the other 99 will read the Christian. Our witness, our witness, our love, our actions, our words must be always with love. We cannot give what we haven't received. We receive to give away. We're not to be like a like dead sea which feeds nothing. But the River Jordan bringing life, it reflects our river model village, vision. Those we witness to can never be notches on our belts or KPIs on our scorecards when they respond. Paul says that without love, our witness is a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. Ask God to pour out his love. Romans 5.5, for those in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. After all, loving people is important regardless of whether they end up saying the sinner's prayer or not. 
There is great value in loving people regardless of the surface result. W plus A plus L plus L leads to E, evangelism. And I repeat, evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. And I'm going to give you all an opportunity to put this into practice in a simple way. I want to introduce the alpha opportunity. One beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. And my aim is this, for everyone who calls the vine their home church to invite at least one friend to online alpha. And I want you right now in your mind, or maybe write it down, think of that friend. And we pray in Jesus' name, all of us, prayers across the city, across the world for that one friend. We pray, Lord, that you'll give us the grace and the opportunity to invite them to online alpha. And so I've reached half time. At this stage, I want to recommend a stage of going even further. The spiritual foundation toolkit. It starts off with learning how to repair your story and testimony. It follows some resources in how to start conversations about your faith. And there are some simple resources that you can help share with, with friends and a section on going deeper. A section on how to run Alpha and deal with difficult questions. But as we move into the second half today, you, particularly those of you that know me well, would not expect me to give a talk on evangelism without at least offering some sort of challenge. So what I want to do is attempt to give you one of the best biblical examples on how to make a connection, but to use it to issue you with a personal challenge. And the connection point is in six short words. Will you give me a drink? Now, I might be in trouble if I started going to stop to strangers in Hong Kong saying that, will you give me a drink? But in this instance, it led to one of history's most well-known conversion stories, which ended up with the words, come see a man. Those words were uttered almost 2,000 years ago by a woman. She said, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Lord? Could this be the Messiah? John 4, 29. She was not just any woman. We know her today as the woman at the well. We have no idea of her name. But what we do know is firstly, she was an outcast. The Samaritans were hated by the Jews, regarded as half-breeds, pigs. What we also know is, secondly, she had a questionable past. She had had five husbands and was living with a man, not a husband. What we also know is, thirdly, she had her own ideas about how to worship God. In fact, for her, it wasn't about how, but where. Samaritans believed that God had to be worshipped on a particular mountain. Now, I know that many of us here today may have felt like that in our lives, believing that to worship God, we had to go to this church, go to this place of worship, or behave in this way, even dress the right way. We can maybe all identify with a Samaritan woman. But this lady met a man. Not just any man, not like the men who had abused her, 
seen her as an object for lust. This man's name was Jesus. He had taken a detour just to be there in Sychar at the well to meet her. We read that Jesus had to go through Samaria. But Jewish people would actually take a long detour to avoid going through Samaria. Such was their hatred of each other. So why did he have to go? He had to go because this woman was important to him. And I need to tell you that Jesus is here on Vine Church everywhere today, specifically to meet you. He is here because you are important to him. Now back to the well. Jesus' disciples had gone out to buy lunch. We read that Jesus was tired. He was fully human and sat down by a well. We read when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Will you give me a drink? Now this was wrong. Jesus, a Jewish man, talking to a Samaritan, talking to a woman, talking to a woman with a past who was probably there at midday to avoid being seen by the village gossips. But you know, it was not about a drink he needed. It was all about what she needed. That was the connection point. That was my Nepalese waitress conversation. That was my time with Wendy Lee. And we witnessed a most bizarre conversation about a drink that Jesus didn't really want from a woman who didn't think he should be asking her, leading to a discussion which interplays between the water from the well and this thing called living water. Jesus said, I don't, she said to Jesus, I don't know what this living water is, but it sounds like I should have some. Here at Jacob's well, after five husbands and living with a man, after a tragedy, a lifetime of tragedy and emptiness, disappointment and discouragement, sinfulness and spiritual thirst, she finally met a man. Not a man who took from her, but a man who gave to her. And what did he give to her? Life, eternal life, living water. Jesus said if she drank the water from the well, she would be thirsty again in no time, especially in the midday humidity. I can understand that. Then Jesus said if she drank this living water, she would never go thirsty again. No wonder she ran to the city and proclaimed to the men, the women wouldn't listen to her, come and see a man. Almost 2,000 years later, on 28th of March, 2021, I say to you today, come and see a man. I want to introduce to you my best friend, Jesus. You see, when this woman came to the well, she was a woman with a past. And she left the well and went back to the town. She was a woman with a future. You may have logged into church everywhere today as someone with a past. To be honest, we've all done things that we know to be wrong. The Bible tells us this very clearly. But there is good news. The Jesus who met the woman at the well is here. 
His Holy Spirit is present and wants to meet you. He wants to fill you and He wants to send you away from this meeting on Facebook, like or YouTube, not as someone with a past, but as someone with a future. He has a plan for your life, no matter how good or bad you've been, whether you've been going to church all of your life or this is the first time you've ever logged in to a Christian website. He says one word, come, come, come as you are. Don't wait until you think you're good enough. You will never be good enough. But there is just one thing and it's a big thing. He wants all of you. The Bible says, if you cling on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. My friend, you have a choice. Hold on to your old life. I understand it. You love it so much, you don't want to change. We become comfortable. Even in our sinful ways, we become comfortable. But the Bible says if we want to cling on to our past, our guilt, our shame, it's a no-win. The woman of the world could have done that. She could have resisted the free gift of what Jesus described as living water. But Jesus says today, come. If you want to be like the woman at the well, be a person who arrived online with a past and you want to log off as a person with a future, I'm gonna ask you to take that small step. Come and see a man. I'm not gonna promise you a life that is free from trouble, a bed of roses. But what I will promise you is freedom from your past, your wrongdoings forgiven, the love of the Father, the presence and the filling of the Holy Spirit to lead you and the gift of eternal life and a relationship with a God who says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The next few minutes could determine where you spend eternity, and that's a long time, and how you spend the rest of your life here on earth. And maybe, not just you, but also the friends that each one of us is going to invite to Alpha. If I may, can I ask you just to close your eyes wherever you are. And I'm gonna give you that opportunity now, the opportunity that Jesus gave to that lady of the world. Come and see a man. Today on this Palm Sunday, what a day to say goodbye to your past and hello to my future. Let's pray together. Father God, I come to you now as somebody who has a past. I have done things in my life I am ashamed of. I have done things in my life I know are wrong. I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me upon the cross, to forgive my sins, to give me a hope and a future. Lord Jesus, I give you my life now. I'm not perfect, Lord. I give you what I have and ask you, Lord, to take my life, forgive my sins, fill me with your Spirit, that I might receive this living water. Help me today, Lord, not just to receive you for myself, 
but to share you with those around me. I pray now for those I work with, those I travel on the, the bus or the MTR with, for my family, for my friends. And I pray one day, Lord, we will see them all face to face in heaven, looking back to the day when we said to them, come and see a man. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I realize we're not all face to face today. I'm going to ask you just a, a couple of things for those who responded. If you prayed that prayer, particularly if you prayed it for the first time, please tell someone. It doesn't matter who that person is to an extent, but please tell someone that you prayed that prayer. Secondly, for those who are watching online, we have a chat box. And uh, if you just type the word yes, Y-E-S, into the ch chat box, one of our pastors will spend that time with you. We'll come back and help you on the next steps that you have to make. So firstly, tell someone. Secondly, if you're online, put Y-E-S in the chat box. And thirdly, if you're watching the recording, uh, we have these connect cards and you'll see a QR code appearing on the screen at the moment. Fill in that connect card and we would love to, to, to contact with you, love to invite you on Alpha. There's lots of things in store for you. But for all of you who prayed that prayer, God bless you. This is the first day of the rest of your life. And you leave here today, not as a person with a past, but a person with a future. And for the rest of us, let's go into the whole world to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.